closer to the Las Vegas Raiders. Go inside the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. Weekday afternoons at 4 on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. KRLV Las Vegas. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down, end zone, touchdown, touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Well, here we are, Raider Nation, on this Friday, 2 o'clock on the dot, off top. Appreciate being in the studio. Appreciate JT getting the, the airways warmed up for us from uh, noon to 2. Did a hell of a job holding it down with everything that's been going on the last few hours when it comes to the silver and black. We're excited about a game going on on Saturday at 1.30. Kickoff was supposed to be at 1.30 from Cleveland. It has been postponed. It's been moved to Monday at 2 p.m. That's when kickoff's going to be. So I want to off top let you know how that's going to affect this show. This show obviously will not be aired because, well, JT will be on. JT and Eric Allen will be on from noon to 2 doing the pregame show. So what I'm going to do is Clay Baker in the morning tailgate was already going to be off on Monday. Uh, it was going to be Hondo, and I believe Chris Chapman was going to hold it down. Now what I'm going to do is transition. Normally on Mondays, I'm at the Oyo Hotel and Casino from 2 to 4 p.m. getting ready for Monday night football, and then I stay there till about halftime. So we're going to start things early, baby, bright and early. It's still going to be cold outside, but we're going to heat it up inside at the Oyo, 7 a.m., the morning tailgate. It's going to be myself and Hondo Carpenter and, and friends, Whoever who, who knows who else is going to show up, but we're going to hold it down on Monday morning from the Oyo, 7 to 10 a.m., then I'll pass the sticks on, and then JT and Eric Allen will come on from noon to 2 to hold down the, the pregame show live from the M Resort. I'll probably shoot over to the M for a little bit, uh, jump on the show for a quick minute, and then shoot back to the Oyo for the game that kicks off at 2 o'clock, so you could definitely come on by and hang out. So we're going to be doing a lot of moving and shaking, a lot of driving, a lot of doing all kind of stuff on Monday, but that's what happens. you got to keep your head on a swivel when these kind of things happen. Man, and you putting miles on that truck. Hey, man, that, <laughs> why you got to bring up that, man? That's all I, I was like, oh, you going to drive back? Man, why oh, you got to wow. bring that up? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Damon. My guy, Damon Cotton, as you hear, behind the wheels of steel right there. Got to keep it light. Got to keep it light. <laughs> yeah, keeping it light. And we have plenty of things to talk about coming up on today's show. But myself and Damon, we're going to come out the gate swinging. Literally, we're coming out the gate swinging on today's show. We're going to have Al Bernstein, the Hall of Famer. That's right, the boxing analyst for Showtime. He's going to come up in a matter of like two or three minutes. Uh, going to talk about the big fight that's going on this weekend. And uh, it's so funny because it's a big fight, but it's I, I still don't even know how we got here. But Jake Paul and and Woodley, the, the, the rematch is going down. It's in Tampa Bay. We're going to talk about that with Al Bernstein. Uh, going to also talk to him about uh, uh, Nico Ali Walsh. Want to ask about him, a guy who's been on the show a few times. Uh, DeMond wants to ask Al about Darren Williams and Frank Gore, that fight that's taking place as that's well. That's the real main event on that <laughs> card. Come on, you can to throw away Paul and Woodley too. How did we get here with Jake Paul? Can I ask you that? Because I'm going to ask him that too. How do we get here? I mean, this dude has a belt. You know what I mean? Like, how do we it's get fake, here with this? But, hey man. 
I mean, if you got fans, you know um, what they say about uh, like, that's true. If you, build you know it, what? They will come. That's true. Hey, if you got enough people following you, that's they a will good follow point. You to do anything. That is a good point. That I'm glad you said that. You're absolutely right. Uh, so we'll talk. We'll talk about that. Uh, that Paul Woodley card with uh, Al Bernstein in a matter of a few minutes, and then uh, at three o'clock, then we'll kind of reset the show, and then at three o'clock we'll have Adam Hill from the Las Vegas Review Journal. Also, he's part of Cofield and Company on our sister station ESPN Las Vegas. He's actually in Cleveland. He's there already. I know my man Tashawn Reed was actually at the airport before uh, everything got postponed. So a lot of the beat writers that cover the Raiders are either already in Cleveland or were in their way to Cleveland uh, when everything got postponed. So uh, Adam Hill will join us live from Cleveland just to give us the the lay of the land and the rundown of everything going on there. That'll come up at 3 o'clock. Then we'll close out our guest lineup with uh, Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com coming up at 3.30 to let you know where you can lay your money at this weekend, who you can lay your money on. But as promised, coming out the gate swinging, we're going to start off with the Hall of Famer right now, Al Bernstein, boxing analyst for Showtime Athletics and Showtime's Boxing Sports. Al, thank you so much for your time. We do appreciate you on this Friday. And I was just talking to my man, Damon, about Jake Paul and Woodley, too, and, and how we even got here with Jake Paul. And he said, hey, <laughs> as long as he's got money, as long as he's got some followers, anything is possible. Well, it's a different, yeah, it's a, it's a different dynamic in the world of boxing. Um, and, it, you know, where it goes and how long it stays and what it does is anybody's guess. But um, clearly, you know, he has found a niche for these, you know, these celebrity kind of things. Uh, and because of the social media following, as you talk about, and the fact that he's a brand to many people, and they are more than interested in watching him do it, and because he's very committed to, to doing it, and he loves boxing. Um, we have another one, and he was supposed to fight, fight Tommy Fury, of course. Uh, Fury pulled out due to an injury, and they, on relatively short notice, they were able to get Tyrone Woodley again to redo the their previous fight. Yeah, and they got Woodley on a two-week notice, and so, of course, he had to uh, you know, get to the, the proper weight and everything. How do you think that that affects him for this fight, saying that it was such short notice? Yeah, he said he was working out and training and and that it doesn't feel, you know, of course people are always going to say that, right? Um, how much it will impact him remains to be seen. Listen, Tyrone Woodley, he acknowledged that he needs to start quicker in this fight. You know, he did have a few good moments in the last fight where he landed a couple of big shots at one point. I think it was in round four where he hurt Paul but he just didn't work hard enough. Now, the, not having the longer notice will certainly not make that better. So what he needs to do is just come up blazing, and we'll see if he's capable of doing that. That's been a little bit of a problem for him, even in some of his MMA fights in recent times. Right, and he's really a, a great fighter when it's around 170, but being around the 190, right. the 192, it's a different animal. You know, it's a lot more weight that he's yeah. carrying. How much more does that kind of hurt him trying to get off to that quick start? Yeah, that's it. Well, I think it hurts him as the fight goes on, probably even more, um, you know, that uh, he may or may not, you know, he might feel sluggish as it uh, continues on. But, um, you know, we'll have to see. And, well, the one good thing is because of the weight, he could get down to it easier right? Uh, for, in this short period of time um, to be a cruiserweight. So, that part helps him. Um, we'll see. You know, they, there were moments of that first fight that he, he had good moments. Uh, the question will be, can he sustain it, you know, over the course of, uh, or can one of those big punches, he, you know, he claims he's going to knock 
Paul out. He feels confident. He feels like he missed that opportunity in the first fight, and that's on him. But uh, but he feels like he and he feels like by being in the ring with Paul for eight rounds, he learned things, and he says he learned about boxing more because during the years of working for MMA, he didn't concentrate on the on the subtleties of boxing, and so for the last fight, he had learned the fundamentals or relearn them. He thinks now for this, he's there'll be more nuances to what he does. We'll see. Talking right now with the Hall of Famer, Al Bernstein, right here on uh, Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. My man, DeMond Cotton, has a question for you. Yeah, Al, I've just got to get this question. I haven't gotten a <laughs> definitive answer on it yet. How good is Jake Paul? You watch a lot of boxing. Like, how are the actual boxing skills? Or is he just fighting other other celebrities who just aren't that good and not that well-trained? Well, yeah, that's, those, that's the ultimate question, isn't it? Of course, he was going to fight a real boxer in Tommy Fury. Now, Tommy Fury, to put this in perspective, while he's undefeated, has certainly fought very limited opposition. And in his last fight on the undercard of, of the Paul Woodley fight, Tommy Fury did not look overwhelming. So even though he was getting set to fight a professional fighter, it you know, wasn't the top of the food chain, which I don't think anyone would expect. Um, he, Jake Paul is, I think, at this juncture... Clearly somebody who has improved over the course of the time he's been boxing. He's worked very hard at it. Um, he's got very good boxing people around him. Uh, and, and, and because of that, he's gotten exponentially better. Uh, where he sits in the pecking order, could he fight a, a uh, which he was going to do? Can he fight a pro with uh, limited experience? Yeah, I think so. And can he be successful against those people? That's, Conceivable, yes. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. (laughs) Okay. That shocked me a little bit. He could be successful against some of those uh, people that are at the beginning of their pro careers. And and for him, that's important because he wants to think of himself as a professional boxer. Um, And if he can do that, and see, here's the thing. If he can keep the other people that all his fans that are interested showing up, whether it's in pay-per-views or in the seats, he can still work his way through to see what level he gets to. We'll see what that is. All right, Al, now I want to ask about the main event Here's for the me. real stuff. Here's the, the real main stuff event for, for me, Darren Williams versus Frank Gore. What are you expecting from this fight? Because I don't know what to expect, but boy, am I excited to watch. I have no idea. I mean, I, honestly, you know, they're both great guys, and in talking to them, they're both respectful, and, and, and they're, they're very realistic about, you know, they both have been fans. Uh, you know, Darren Williams was a, 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 a Hall State high school wrestler, uh, and he is wor- he's got his own MMA gym, and he's trained in MMA and a little bit in boxing. Uh, Frank Gore has trained in boxing but never had any bouts. Um, so it's almost impossible to know what to expect. It is all, in all likelihood, Frank Gore is the more powerful. I mean, he's just, you know, he, mm-hmm. he just exudes power, right? right? Um, how well he delivers the power punches, who knows? Uh, and Darren Williams has a little bit more experience. So, um, I, boy, I, I just couldn't tell you. We're all going to find out at the same time, I think, on Saturday and tomorrow night. Yeah, no, we really will. I mean, you got Darren Williams representing the NBA. You got Frank Gore representing the NFL. I mean, it's just you never know who's going to end up in the ring these days. But uh, Darren Williams, I know, is like you mentioned, he has the MMA gym and everything. Yeah. He's a huge fan, so I feel like he's really studied a lot. He might have picked up some things. 
Yeah, you know, he loves uh, combat sports, and, and he has trained in it. Uh, and so that, that experience might give him a little bit of an extra boost. But, of course, as I said, Gore will probably come in with the edge and power. I'll tell you, this has nothing to do with boxing, but it made me go over the record of Frank. I mean, Jaron Williams, also a terrific NBA player, averaged 16 points a, a game over his career, and he, he was just eight, eight assists. I mean, he had a phenomenal career. Frank Gore's career, though, it is amazing. He's one of those people that could fly under the radar screen for you. Uh, I mean, my God, he's third on the all-time list. He averaged something like 4.5 yards a carry for his whole career. Um, I mean, it is. I mean, he's obviously going to be a Hall of Famer. You know, he'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer or should be. I mean, what he did in his career is, is staggering, you know. Yeah, I feel like if teams needed a running back this season, I know he's retired, but I feel like the, the phone still may have been ringing for Frank Gore. But i got to ask you one more question about this. What do you think about these celebrity all former athlete boxing fights because I was a little like Nate Robinson kind of soured me on it, but once I saw Chad Ochocinco, I was right back in on him. Where do you feel like this? this does this have a place in boxing? Well, it's listen, it's fraught with issues. It really is. You know, let's be mm-hmm. honest. It's fraught with issues. Uh, you don't want someone to get hurt, um, uh, and and there are you know it's a little different than like the Jake Paul situation. You know where. That guy's had enough experience where somehow he's, you know, it's it's a plausible thing. Some of the people that are just, you know, going in there for the first time, and uh, you mentioned the Nate Robinson knockout, that was kind of gruesome. Um, and so, yeah, there's issues uh, it, connected with it, but it is something that is in the boxing lexicon right now. How long will it be there? I don't know. Um, will it go away in a short period? It might. Uh, but and and there's different levels to this, you know, depending on what it is. Um, so we'll see. Talking right now with the great Al Bernstein here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Just got a couple more questions for you. Also on that card is a very good uh, women's fight. You know, really, Amanda Serrano and uh, Miriam Gutierrez, excuse me. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one? This one could have some big-time implications uh, for the number three-ranked uh, woman in the world if uh, she can come out with a victory. Yeah, Amanda Serrano uh, moving up to 135 pounds, and not coincidentally, that's the same weight that Katie Taylor fights at, who just had a win and defended her title. And there are, you know, the elephant in the room is that clearly there are ongoing talks for them to fight each other, and I, I honestly think that's probably almost a done deal if she can beat Miriam Gutierrez. And Miriam Gutierrez lost to Katie Taylor. Uh, she went the, the distance with Taylor, and she's... Norm, she's the bigger fighter in this one, especially. She's fought as high as 147, even 154 as an amateur. So she will have a size edge on Amanda Serrano. But <clears throat> Serrano, who has won, weight, uh, won championships amazingly in seven weight classes. It's wow. astonishing how much she's gone into different weight classes and won titles. Uh, this is her first fight at 135 since 2014. So she's coming up in weight and... If she wins this fight, it's all but a lock that uh, her and Taylor will fight. So there is a lot at stake for her, and she is the favorite in the fight. But Marion Gutierrez is uh, a very tough out. 
talking right now with Al Bernstein from uh, Showtime Sports, a boxing analyst, a Hall of Famer here on Unnecessary Roughness. Wanted to ask you about Nico Ali Walsh. We've had him on the show a few times. He's the grandson of the great Muhammad Ali, and uh, he's 3-0 and right now, two knockouts and a, and a decision. Uh, I don't know how much you've got to check him out, but if you have been able to check him out, what are your thoughts on him? Well, I know Nico very well. I'm a friend of his family, his mother, Rashida, and his uh, father as well. Um, and uh, and um, so I know Nico. And as a person, he's as great a person as you could ever want to meet. You guys have interviewed him. You probably know that. Uh, and as a fighter, he's a work in progress. You know, he, he was an amateur. He wanted to turn pro. He's, you know, he's showing steady progress. How far he will get, we don't know. But so far, he's, you know, he's been able to collect some wins, and uh, they're working hard on, on making him as good as he can be. No doubt about it right now, my man. DeBond's got another one for you. All right, Al. And I've always got to ask people about <laughs> boxing because I, it's always Terrence Crawford. He's my answer. But who's your pound for pound? Who's number one to you? Well, the greatest, to me, the greatest fighter of all time, and it's always so hard to pick, I still say it's Sugar Ray Robinson. I know he's from, you know, many, many years ago, and I was just a youngster. I was, I mean, I saw, when I was 10 years old, I saw the 38-year-old version of Ray Robinson fighting Gene Fulmer. Um, so clearly he is before my time as well. But but just everything I've seen of him in terms of video and even brief experience of seeing him, I, I just think he was, as close as you could come to the perfect fighter. Uh, and, you know, it's a debate that will raise between people, you know, because you can make cases for other people, for Ali, for, you know, uh, any of the four kings, you know. There's just a bunch of people that you can you can throw into the hopper. I just think Ray Robinson at the end of the day. I mean, he was, hundred I think, 131-1 and one as a welterweight, you know. Wow. Um, only loss was to Jake LaMotta, and that's because LaMotta came in weighing – much higher at the you know at the at the actual fight time, and uh, he beat Lamata four more times after that after he lost him. So, um, you know, I, he's just amazing to me. And Al, before we let you go, uh, tomorrow Frank Ballpark Harnish, it's his uh, uh, his celebration of life. I didn't know him. I just got here back in July, but I, uh, from everything that I've heard, all the outpouring uh, from everybody here at Lotus and, and everyone in the community, and I know that you you knew him very well. Uh, just what are your thoughts on uh, on Ballpark Frank? I am just crestfallen that uh, he passed away, leaving us much too early. Frank was not was a great guy, and I as you point out, you'd be hard pressed to find somebody that doesn't have that opinion. And he was Mr. Radio. You know, his life was radio. He did everything. He was in a, he, he could run the board. He could, you know, he would do any kind of sports show that you wanted him to do. He would do other kinds of shows. Radio was his life. And, uh, it's a, a terrible loss for everybody in, in Las Vegas that knew him. And, um, you know, I, I joined in everybody and just, you know, uh, uh, giving my sympathy to those that knew him and his family. And, 
uh, he's going to be missed. Yeah, no, he really will. The thing about it is I, I knew he was a good dude, like I said, from everybody that said everything that they had to say about him, including what you just said. And, and you know when someone puts a smile on your face and you don't know them that they're a good person. You know what I mean? Like, you yeah. just you get that idea. And that's what, uh, you know, from hearing all the stories around the building alone uh, about Frank, I could tell that he was really loved and he was a really good dude. So I wanted to get your thoughts on him as yeah, and well. He, and he poured that into his work on the air. When you were listening to him, he was, he's the guy you were going to sit next to at the bar and Shadowbuck Sports with, you know, uh, and have a pleasant conversation with. You know, it was, it's just that's, that's who he was. Right. That's, and that's who all of us should try to be. Every single one of us that stand behind this microphone should all uh, really want to be that guy because those are the most genuine and the, and the most fun uh, radio personalities and people uh, around. So uh, that's, that's great yeah, words right there. Absolutely. Well, Al, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I know you'll enjoy the fights tomorrow on Showtime. Uh, kicks off at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. It's going to be in Tampa Bay. We do appreciate all the breakdowns from you, and uh, we'll be talking to you soon. All right, take care. Bye-bye. All right, there he goes. The great Al Bernstein right there. Who comes out the gates with a Hall of Famer? Who comes out the gates with a Hall of Famer? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Not trying to brag, but I, I wanted to make sure that we made that happen, man. So uh, I know there's a lot of things going on in Raider Nation. I know, uh, you know, Raider fans are fired up about everything going on, but I definitely wanted to get that conversation in with the great Al Bernstein. 219 is the time. We'll come back. We'll kind of reset the show. We'll throw out the show topic, and uh, we'll get to it. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. It's unnecessary roughness. I get up out of bed fired up. Sometimes the wife's like, hey, man, calm it on down. You ain't on air. <laughs> it ain't always got to be shot. I just time. thought about you just waking up. Boom! <laughs> Scaring the hell out of everybody. That's how you get out of bed. <laughs> Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Boom! That's how you start the show. That's how you start the show with a Hall of Famer. That's a reenactment of what I did as soon as uh, we went to commercial break after talking to Al Bernstein, boxing analyst for Showtime. You can check out that Jake Paul, that Woodley card tomorrow afternoon. 6 p.m. is when when the fights, the big-time fights get started. Pacific Standard Time, of course, is going on in Tampa Bay. But my man DeMond is fired up to see that Darren Williams and uh, Frank Gore Frank Gore, he always looked like Scarface to me. I always think that uh, that he's gonna he gonna come out the cuts with something just because he looks like he looks like the the hip hop Scarface, not Scarface. Yeah, of course, Scarface. Of okay. I just want to make sure because someone's like he don't look anything like Scarface. And what movie was he watching? <laughs> Q, I think you got a bootleg version. <laughs> no, yeah, he he looked like the hip hop version of Scarface to me. But I will say the reason I, I came back with the boom is because I heard that rejoin that Demond put in, and, and I like that. And I woke up today, and Demond, you could tell him what color shirt am I wearing? He got the red polo on, y'all. And the reason I got the red polo on is not because I'm angry, but I woke up fired up today because I thought when the Raider game was originally going to be tomorrow, I was going to be co-hosting the the pregame show with JT the Brick from the M Resort. So one, I was fired up about that. I was so fired up about that. I started talking about it, advertising it on the podcast and everything. Right? Just I was walking around the house like, man, I got me a shot, and, and I'm, I'm just. I'm sick. This is my sickness is that I love as many, many opportunities as possible. Any opportunity I get to get behind the mic, I'm all, I'm all for it. So when that opportunity came my way, I was like, great. Yeah, I'm, I'm all down for it. So I advertised it on the podcast. I woke up this morning at 530 when I always wake up. And for some dumb reason, I was looking at my phone to see if I have any emails or any missed calls or anything that is important that has to do with work. Well, I saw a tweet that had nothing to do with work, but it was from Kay Adams from uh, NFL Network. Good morning, football. And she said, and I quote, 
because I went and showed this to DeMond, so it's not like I'm BSing about this. <laughs> did I not show you, DeMond? He, he sure did, y'all. <laughs> All of a sudden, out of nowhere, she said, hey, I'm listening to your Locked On podcast. I love your energy. Really enjoying the show. Good luck on the pregame. Boom! So I woke up. I was feeling myself this morning like, yeah, all right. I'm all good. Everything is good in the hood. Getting that congratulations so message. Then, hey, good luck, bro. So, but what did I do? What did I do? What, what was my follow-up besides thank you? Hey, you want to come on the show exactly. this afternoon? <laughs> or you're free. Right. I try, Hey, look, you're guaranteed to miss a shot you don't take. So I tried to get her on the show as a guest. But she's, uh, she's in transit. She's flying. And then she's going to go right to a production meeting. But Kay Adams from NFL Network will be on the show at some point. We'll get her on. Uh, so anyway, so I was I was uh, I was pretty fired up this morning, and then of course it all comes out and boils down to the fact that the Raiders and Browns have been postponed till Monday. So um, I won't be on the show now, but that's okay. That's all right. Like I mentioned before, uh, be at the Oyo, seven a.m. to ten a.m. That's going to be a lot of fun. So come on by if you're up around about town, whatever you're doing. Hey man, no, 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 no. Don't sell yourself short. There's still a seat waiting for you on the pregame show. Well, yeah, no, no. I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna go by there and and and. But I won't be like co-hosting it. You know, what I mean, I'll be a guest, which is cool. Hey, look, man, I'm greedy. <laughs> I'm greedy. What was the line from coming to America? This week it's the, uh, this week it's the floors. Next week it's the fries. Right, right, exactly, <laughs> there exactly. Go. There you go, there you go. So no, so excited about that opportunity. But yeah, just if you're just tuning in right now, I do want to give you the rundown of what's going to happen Monday with the Raiders playing now. Kickoff is at 2 p.m. right here on Raider Nation Radio, 9:20, 7 to 10 a.m. I'll be uh, hosting the morning tailgate from the uh, from the Oyo, the Underground Lounge, like I usually do on Monday afternoon for uh, Monday Night Football. Now there's going to be a doubleheader, and this game is on NFL Network. The Raiders is going to be on NFL Network. So just a heads up on that, just in case you don't have NFL Network or maybe your job doesn't have NFL Network, that's where the game will be played. Of course, you can hear it right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. JT will take over at noon, and instead of doing his normal show, it's going to be the pregame show with Eric Allen. And then they'll be doing that live at the M Resort. I'll shoot over to the M and, and hang out with them for a segment or two or whatever and, and jump on there, and that'll be cool. And then I'll head back to the Oyo, so uh, it'll be kind of like business as usual. Uh, that's how our Monday will be. And, of course, we'll tell you a lot more about this in between now and then. But, obviously, the big news today that the game has been postponed. So I had a couple questions, as I always do, that I wanted to throw out there to you. It's funny, as soon as the postponement came, I had to go back and change all my <laughs> change my questions that I had. I already had something prepared, and I thought, well, that's not going to work anymore, so let's go ahead and, and go back to the drawing board. So I want to know, Raider Nation, I know this is going to open up Pandora's box, but I want to hear from you, 702-365-9200, also the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. How are you feeling about the decision to move the game back to Monday afternoon and in your mind, if, the, if you're not happy about it, what would have been the right thing to do, in your opinion? What would you have felt like is fair? Because I've seen a lot of people on Twitter say, it's not fair, it's not fair, it's not right. And I totally understand. I've seen players upset about it. I totally get it. They've been preparing all week long. They've done their part. They didn't have any COVID issues at all. And all because one side of the, the coin is, is tarnished and messed up, it, it, it plays in a factor with their. So I totally get it. I understand. Mark Davis gave a nice statement to Paul Gutierrez from ESPN, also Vinny Bonsignor from in, in the Huddle and the Review Journal. And he's upset because of the competitive disadvantage. I get that as well because it is. You know, the Raiders are going to go into this game and play a very depleted Browns team. Now, I'll tell you personally, as a fan of football, I didn't really want to see that. I didn't really care to see that because I didn't think it was going to be a very good game. But that's just from a fan's point of view of just football in general. So just get me, get me when I say that. It's just from a fan's point of I want to see a good game. That's it. So that's, that's why I, I wasn't big on seeing that anyway. 
But I think that the straw that broke the camel's back this morning was when Jadavion Clowney came down with uh, COVID-19, too. And then they were like, okay, hell. <laughs> I mean, no, at least the Browns had Garrett and Clowney. Now they ain't got neither one. Or ain't got one of them. All right, it's time, to, it's time to pull the plug on this. And now all of a sudden, three games have been canceled. So it's not like the Raiders game is the only one that's been canceled. Or not canceled. That's the wrong word. Postponed. There's been three games postponed. So the Raiders will play on Monday, and the other two are going to be played on Tuesday. Do you think that this has more to do with the game checks? The, like, it's all about money. Yeah, because John McClain like told me years ago. Let me tell, let me give you one life lesson that John McClain gave me years ago, and it's made my life so much easier when it comes to football and sports in general. It is always about the money. Period. No matter what the subject is, I swear to you. No matter what the subject is, you can have. You know, when you write an email and it says subject, it don't matter what you put in that subject <laughs> line. It's always about. The money, because for me in the human aspect that I'm looking for it as the only way, the only thing that I would feel bad about is if the game was played and you, if you, hey, I'm going to spend my one money, the, my money on the game, the game of my choice. Right. I'm going to the Raider Browns game. Right. And then you got to go out there and see Nick Mullins. And like, if you're a family, you'd be like, that's a little disappointed to see a, de- a depleted product. That's the only person I would feel bad for. But I don't, I don't feel bad for the players because everybody's playing with the same set of rules with this COVID thing. Is it unfortunate? Yes. But that's the only that's the only situation, the only people that I could feel a little sympathy for. If you do have COVID and you're asymptomatic, if you're feeling bad, get well, get well soon. But right. the fans are the only people that I'm thinking about. The in this fans situation, get the in this worst situation. end of the stick. They get the very worst end of the stick because the fans, as just when Wendy actually pointed out, and she did it greatly, and uh, I hope she wasn't one of them that was traveling to Cleveland. But fans book hotels, fans book rental cars, fans get airline tickets. I mean, there's things that fans do and then they plan their weekend accordingly. So a lot of people were going to watch the game on Saturday and probably fly back on Sunday. Now all of a sudden you got to find a way to stay another day. Is the hotel room available? Are you going to be able to swing that? You got to get back to work. I mean, there's so many things. So ultimately, like I said, it always goes back to the money. It always goes back to the money in the NFL, but it still ends up screwing the fan. The fan is the one that's getting the, the raw end of the deal. And I'm not talking about the fan like, you know, myself that's sitting at the house watching it on the couch and just saying, okay, well, I just I don't have a game to watch. You know, I'm talking about the fans that planned on being in attendance. And that's not just for the Raiders-Browns game. That's for all three of the games. Exactly. Now games on a Tuesday. People work on Tuesdays. People work on Mondays, yeah. And it's, and it's a holiday week. How easy is it to get a day off on the holiday week, an extra day off on the holiday week, going into Christmas of all holidays? Tell your job, like, especially your boss don't care about football. Yeah, I want, I want to, can I miss also take work off Tuesday? I'll tell you this. And be like, what? For what? I'd be angry. I would. I'd be angry. You know, if, if, you know, and I get it. For our job, we have to do it. But I would be angry if I had planned on going and covering the game on Saturday and all of a sudden, and I planned on being back on Sunday evening so I could make sure I could be here to do my other jobs. And all of a sudden, oh, well, Q, you got to stay there until after Monday or, Monday, you know, whatever. You're not going to get back to late night Monday. I'd be angry because then it would mess up everything else I got going on at the job, too. So I can only imagine what a boss is going to think. You know what I mean? Like, I can only imagine what someone's boss is going to think when they call and be like, hey, can I stay an extra day? We got work to do, Jack. And then it's like that $700 that you done planned on a trip. Right. It's down the drain. Right. The fans really getting the worst the worst end of this whole situation. But I want to hear from you, Raider Nation. I want to hear your uh, your side of things, what you're thinking, 702-365-9200. DeMond's pointing at the phone lines. Who do we have up first, my man? ABA Ivan Davis. What's up, ABA Ivan Davis? What's on your mind? Uh, man, my first on that cancellation was conspiracy theory. Okay. Because I, I mean, just like the linebacker for the Raiders, I can't think he tweeted out, man, if this was us, 
we had the same problem. I guarantee you we play in tomorrow. And I agree with them. Although the right thing to do is what they did, okay, uh, personally. Actually, I would cancel a week. I don't agree that they can't change that because everything is in the NFL stadium. It's not like the Oakland A's, right? Like the A's are going to be playing there next week, so you can't do it. Right. You know, and so they could, do, they could, they could move a week, even including the Super Bowl, because that's also in an NFL stadium that's dedicated – to whatever event. Now, from the fan standpoint, I can see where that might be a financial problem. Okay, just what you're just what you're saying. So I guess they negotiated, you know, two days. Mm-hmm. But uh, me personally, I said, I mean, I'm gonna hold on a little bit to my conspiracy theory. They're trying to give uh, Baker Mayfield and them a chance because I guarantee you, we may not know it, but the men, well, all that COVID came down. Not that they wanted to, they were celebrating. Man, okay, this could reinvigorate our playoff move right here. Going this pound on Cleveland, and all of a sudden, all the people that were planning a vacation might put it on hold. That, that's what I was thinking. This could be a major motivation turnaround, put us right back in it. But now we got, never mind, this is the Raiders, so we're going to do it the hard way regardless. That's just how, that's just how it goes for us. It, it's, it's never going to be easy. But anyway, that's all I had to say, my man. And uh, last thing, uh, I'd love for you to come broad- help broadcast one of my games with my uh, with my broadcaster at a game. So, you know, let me know, man, if you're ever interested in that for next season. We're talking about next year. Done deal. December. Hey, done deal, man. I'll be there. I got you. I got you, man. We can set up anywhere and set up shop. I'll make that happen. But the Raiders in Cleveland moved to Monday. Washington, Philadelphia, Seattle, Los Angeles moved to Tuesday. So remember that when you're calling in and texting in that it's not just the Raiders game that's been moved. There's been three games that has been moved. And again, I understand why the players are angry. Again, I totally understand it. I'm not going against them. I understand why Mark Davis is in, is angry. I'm just saying at the end of the day, just for me personally as a fan, I'd rather watch a game where there's better players out there. And look, I'll say this. I don't think too much is going to change between tomorrow and, and, and Monday anyway. I don't know how much can possibly change. One of my biggest concerns for this game was the Raiders going and playing these guys and then coming back to Las Vegas with maybe possibly 10, 15 guys that all of a sudden are going to test spot. That was one of my biggest concerns. And I heard Vinny talking about that with Lincoln last night on In the Huddle. That's a, that's a major concern because if these guys are tested positive right now, who says that they weren't going to be tested positive afterwards? And then with the Raiders who have none, all of a sudden end up with a bunch as well. So that's that's another concern of mine. Again, I understand where everyone's coming from. I understand the anger behind it and the fact that the Raiders now lose that competitive advantage that they had. I don't think it's going to be a whole lot, but there's going to definitely be some players back that weren't going to be back tomorrow. That's that's no doubt about it. You can't deny that. 702-365-9200. Who we got up next? Lee right here in Vegas. Lee, what's up, my man? How, how you doing? Hey, man, this is like an original Raider Nation. How we doing, guys? Uh, we're blessed, okay. brother. Hey, I got to tell you, man, I'm kind of upset because I seem to remember last year when we had, like, the entire offensive line out for COVID. They didn't stop our game. We right. had to play. They moved it up, matter of fact. Yeah, you know, so <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I mean, that's, how, many, how many critical people do we have out that's injured? So you're saying, okay, if we have too many people injured, you're going to stop the game and go on to the next week? No. You play with what you got. That's that's just – I'm sorry. That's just life. Okay, now hold on. Let me, let me ask you this real quick before you hang up. If if, yeah, yeah. if if that was on the other shoe, would you still feel the same way? If the Raiders were in the same position as Cleveland, would you still feel the same way? You know, unfortunately, yeah, I would, man. Okay. Because no, it's, it's like it's, it's on them. The, the Raiders have went out of their way to protect themselves from they COVID. Have. 
Yep. You know, they have, they've done a great job. If you guys are playing footloose and fancy free, then you, I'm real big on personal uh, responsibility. Agreed. I agree hundred percent. I agree. I just wanted to make sure that's a good stuff. Lee, good stuff. Appreciate you calling right here from Vegas. And that's the thing. As long as you feel that way about both sides, that's legit. And and that's why I asked, you know, again, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be a smart ass. I'm just playing, but you know, I'm just, I'm asking both sides of the question to see if it's still going to be genuine. That's all. And so, uh, you know, like Lee said, hey, personal responsibility. The Raiders, I could praise them for what they've done COVID-related. They have, and I hate to bring this up, but remember when Gruden said, we're going to crush this thing, this crush this virus, and everyone was like, oh, uh, you know, and then they had the terrible year that they had dealing with the virus. They literally this year have crushed the virus. They had Trent Sieg and Jalen Richard, and that was it. They've done a fantastic job with that. So, again, from another standpoint, I understand why they're pissed. The players. The players want to go out there and play. Another thing, if the game had been forfeited, like I saw a lot of people begging for on Twitter, which I thought that that was cheap, who wants a, who wants a forfeit? I want to play. I don't care if I take an L. I want to play. I don't want to, I don't want to forfeit. But I get it. Some people just want to win any way you can. You know, just win, baby. Hey, hell, take a forfeit. If it had been forfeited, no player would have got money. And I don't think that that's right. <laughs> no player would have got their paycheck. Not, I'm not talking just Browns. I'm talking Raiders as well. No player would have received a game check. That's not right. That, that, that thing, I mean, the tell funny me part. what part of that is, 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 is fair. You want to talk about fair? Talk, tell me what part of that's fair. Not fair at all. And I think that, like, even if you were a player and you're like, well, have them forfeit, then if they can't play, well, then that means nobody gets paid. Then well, you hold don't on get, now. Right, exactly. <laughs> hold on now. Why are you being so – you ain't got to go there. <laughs> I got a couple buddies from college that's still looking for a shot. Call them up. Right, right, exactly. That's the thing. That's the thing. I don't think that that – you want to talk about fair. That's what's not fair. These guys could be 100% clean – and they're ready to go play. It's like they're standing on the field waiting for the other team to show up, and they can't show up. They were literally on the bus. They were, yeah, they were about to pull out. I mean, it was like eleven fifteen, I think, this morning that they had to they they had to know something by, and the the word came down at like eleven thirteen. So, you know, it's not fair that they would have been hit with their game checks because another team couldn't come out and perform. That would have been bad. So I'd rather them not forfeit the game and move it, so at least. The guys that deserve their paycheck are going to get their paycheck. I mean, how how do I look telling Max Crosby, oh, yeah, by the way, you ain't going to get no game check this week because those cats couldn't play. None of that even sounds right. How would you sound if your employer came and said, hey, Damon, you ain't getting no check because Q didn't come to work this week? You'd be hot. Exactly. You'd want to take my lunch money. What that got to do with me? Exactly. Exactly. You want to talk about fair? That's not fair. I'm not one guy who bangs the drum on fair and not fair and all that stuff because life is life. Yep. But that ain't, that's not cool. And so I'd much rather them postpone the game and move it so at least the Raiders are going to get their paycheck. Everyone's going to get their paycheck, but much rather that And then happen. Lee was speaking. He was like, oh, I seen from a linebacker on Twitter. Uh, Will Compton and K.J. Wright were both right. active on Twitter. K.J. But K- Hayward was too. But K.J. Wright, someone asked him, oh, so would you like want to, we was like, so what would you do? Put the shoe on the other foot. And K.J. Wright said, I'd, I'd want to play. Right. Even even with the depleted roster, let right. us play. Yeah, no, of course. The players want to play. They're, the players always want to play. It's like, I mean, the players would play. If you told them, hey, by the way, you're going to play at midnight on the southern tip of Africa, they're like, cool. That's what they do. Because that's what, I mean, that's in their DNA. That's what they want to do. It's just like me. I don't care how tired I am, how sick I am. I couldn't tell you how many shows I've done when I'm dog-ass sick. Now, you don't do that these days because people think you got COVID. But back in the day, <laughs> back in the day, you, wouldn't, you couldn't catch me to miss a show. Hey, turn the mic on. I'm great. As soon as we went to break. 
put my head back down. You know, it's like the flu game, but it's the flu show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know I what I mean? I think it's time for a break. You know what I'm saying? This guy got the like, red polo on. He's Jordan yeah, now. Hey, man. <laughs> no, I'm not. Hey, no, no, never want that. Stay away from that guy. You said the flu show. Well, I'm just saying that's what it would be. It would be the flu show. There, man, I did a show. Ipso facto, you no, said. No, I did not. <laughs> I'm just saying that we used to go to work because we weren't going to miss shows. <laughs> now, I'll miss I'll miss a meeting. <laughs> hey, Q, you got a meeting? I'm sick. Can't make it. But I got a show. I'm there. I'm there. I did a show one time in Oklahoma City after a night of partying in Oklahoma City, and I was hungover. I was, like a, I was drunk as a skunk. I probably was still drunk. And I don't know how I even did the show. It was terrible. They talked about me the whole damn show. Oh, Q's in a bad place. And I was like, yeah, I am. But I ain't missing this show. Afro Marv tweeted at, at the station, no player got money, but Raiders got a dub. So I'm guessing he's saying if the if there would be a forfeit. But it ain't your money on the line, Afro right, Marv. Right, right. And is that really how you want to get a dub? I mean, seriously. Is that how you want to win by way of forfeit? I don't think anybody wants to win by way of forfeit. That's terrible. Got a quick text, and then we'll take a break. In my opinion, this is a spark that may have been needed. Now the players are pissed, and maybe that's what's needed to bring back the eye of the tiger. I like that. I like that so much that we're going to take a break. 243 is the time when we come back. Got a lot more text message on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187+. plus. Got some patient listeners on the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200. How are you feeling about the decision to move the game back to Monday afternoon? And if you're upset about it, what do you think the right thing to do would have been? Unnecessary roughness is in your ear hole. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Got some text messages. Got some good callers that I want to get to as well. 702-365-9200. Salmon Ash text line 69187. Make sure you hit up SalmonAshLaw.com because you deserve what's right. I will say coming up at 3 o'clock, live from Cleveland, Adam Hill from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Fucker. Don't know what he's doing. <laughs> I feel so bad because, you know, he was thinking that he was going to a game tomorrow, and now he's got to be there till at least <laughs> at least Monday. Man. And then I feel bad because I saw Heidi Fang, who's part of the Morning Tailgate as well, and also the Review Journal. She said that she saw that the game got postponed, so she decided to get off the plane so she could spend a couple days with her, her – a couple extra days with her son. That's good mom. That's good momming right there, right? Where's my bags? Oh, they're on their way to Cleveland. That sucks. Well, they'll be there when you get there. <laughs> well, we know who is there. Right. Adam Hill. Adam's Hill. Adam Hill's there. So we'll talk to him at 3 o'clock, just uh, get his thoughts on everything going on. And uh, he's a straight shooter, so I definitely look forward to checking in with him at the top of the hour. A couple quick text messages. Geese Mode said, hey, Q, what's up, Damon? Here's what I have to say. Anytime, any place, don't matter. Raider Nation stays ready. So uh, he was down to, I guess, play the game either tomorrow or Play it Monday. He don't really care. Just whenever is whenever. He's just going to go ahead and make it happen. Uh, got another one. What's up, Q? I'm a Raiders fan. Always have been. I truly hope they keep Carr, but this season is done. They're not a playoff caliber team at 5-2. and two, It seems they were, but now not. No, but not now. It's not their fault. It's been a weird season. So that was just a, just a random text, which is okay. Uh, and they got one more that I get to, and then I'll go straight to the phone line. Sir Whiskey Ray says, D, I'm headed to Nashville next week for the Niner game. With the fiance and her family. Any hot spot suggestions? Thank you. Cheers, sir. Whiskey Ray. Prince's hot chicken. No, no, no. Uh, they got to say that, but we got to get to one more text. 
before we get to any calls. I want to know, wait, hold on. Which places do you go to? Because when I was in Nashville, I went down to the big main street where the draft was. Yeah. And there were some fantastic places, some great bars. I, I mean, I'm not a country music guy, but they were, I mean, it's Nashville. So I was walking into all these different Cadillac, uh, whatever. There was all kind of great places to go. Um, but they had some hot chicken, some Nashville hot chicken right across from that the That probably would have been Hattie B's. I think it was. Yeah. Because yeah. um, I, I did the downtown thing. It was after a Predators game. Okay. And they treat their hockey the same way Vegas treats the Golden Knights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, and it was, it was, it was lively. You know, everybody walking around. Yeah, you walk in one bar, out the other bar. Yep. You, yeah, man, that was live. And I made sure I went to Hattie B's. There you go. All right, but I got to get this text All out right, the go way. Ahead. When Drake hurt his ankle and put himself on IR for a tour, I laughed thinking about how he treated his music like he was in the NBA. But then Q said, Flu show. <laughs> LMAO, man, too funny. He comparing you to Drake. I, well, that's okay. That's all right. I'd rather him compare me to Drake than Jordan because I'm there, I'm not even in a, in a conversation well, I mean, with that. He, I mean, he, he basically is. The point was that if you're the sick, flu show. you still go to work. That's the point. You don't miss a show. Now, you can miss practice. You don't miss a show. You just don't. That's the thing. You don't. How many times? I don't miss anything. I don't you miss, have to get helped out the studio. Man, damn near. Damn near. <laughs> I was barely able to walk myself out of there, man. <laughs> I give, I've, give, I've given Central Texas all I could. <laughs> <laughs> but we won. <laughs> all right, whatever. I'm just telling you. Put a warm blanket on you like James Brown after the show. Hey, man, the dedication is real, brother. <laughs> 702-365-9200. You guys can go to hell. <laughs> Who's up first, man? Who's up first? Who we got? Uh, passionate Raider. Passionate Raider. What's on your mind, dude? Hey, what's up, man? You guys are crazy, man. You guys just be in there clowning. That's what we That's do. That's funny. Hey, I just like you, Q. I didn't, I, I didn't want to play no backups like that, man. I mean, if we're going to play, let's take, a, let, let's take it like a man. Because what if we did go out there and play bad? I mean, or if we won, it was, a, it was like a catch-22. It wasn't good, and it wasn't going to be bad. So, I mean, let's play the game with, with the full starters and crack that little Baker, man. He's so annoying. Every time you listen to ESPN radio, it's all they talk about is Baker Mayfield. And I don't know why. But I, I want to crack this man. So, Crosby and them boys, let's get him. Right. And I'm like, you two, let's play the game, man. Let, let's go. And, I mean, it, it is what it is, man. The, the, the NFL is what it is, man. It, 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 like 211 said, man, it's the modern-day mafia, man. One thing I'm going to be happy to see – and I hope it happens in my life where I see Roger Goodell get walked out somewhere in some cuffs, man. Because I just think dudes are dudes a funny dude, man. So that's just my opinion, man. I think one of these days we're going to see him get walked in cuffs. Thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And, and yeah, man, I mean, that's the thing. You know, I just want to see these guys. I want to see a good game. I mean, I really do. And, again, that's just the NFL fan in me where you don't want to tune in and just watch a game, and it's like, man, who are these guys out here playing? Like a like the the last preseason game or something where you're seeing a bunch of scrubs out there. And and I know that the Raiders obviously wouldn't have the scrubs, but the, the Browns would. I mean, they're going to have a ton of scrubs, and I don't know how much is going to change over the weekend. They're still going to have a lot of backups in there, but what are they up to, 23? And those that, guys would want a chance. Remember that that, that third string running oh, back? Oh, I know he wants a they chance. they to play him. But there's a reason he's third string. He's shining, though. The, yeah. They, they, him yeah. And, yeah. I don't think, backup I don't think 23 backups back. are going make it, to make it happen. I just don't think so. Yo, boy. I, unless they got that good of a, a, a draft draft classes and they have that much great player personnel, I don't think they have 23 really damn good backups. Put me in the game, coach. What? And I, I'd be telling some people, yeah, you you got a little fever, don't you? Yeah, man, you, you go ahead and sit this one out. I got it. David from the 209 hit us up on the Salmon Ash text line. <laughs> if the outbreak occurred during the week of the Super Bowl, does the NFL bend the rules a little? 
It'd be difficult postponing the big game, in my opinion. It's about the money. It's always about the money, David. Thank you for that text. And, yeah, I don't know what they do. That's the, that's, and, look, the, one of the things that they were talking about was canceling the whole week, not canceling, postponing the whole week, like basically putting the NFL on pause. But the problem is, where do you put it? Where do you put the whole week? Because they have that extra game. Now, if they only had 16 games, you could do that. You could, you could put the, 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 the season on hold for a week, try to reset and clean things up, and then come back and play. You can't do that now. Every week is accounted for. Unless you're playing and not letting the Pro Bowl play, which I know a lot of people don't care about the Pro Bowl except for the players going to the Pro Bowl and getting the money. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's all about money. Got to get those bonuses. I mean, that's all the Pro Bowl is good for. That's why teams try to cut for their players so much to get into the Pro Bowl, and that's why players want to be on the Pro Bowl. It's not because they want to go play a game that means nothing. That is probably the worst all-star showcase ever, and you can get injured. I, I would hate to. I wouldn't even want to play in that game. I'd be like, yeah, I, I'm a pro bowler, but I'm not going to be watch, playing that game. I'm sitting out. I mean, it's just you get injured in the pro bowl. How do you feel, you know? But it's great for your contract negotiations. Oh, I've been an eight-time pro bowler. Oh, that means I get more money. Or if you're trying to be a Hall of Famer, Josh Jacobs, for example, he gets a $10 million fifth-year option because he's a Pro Bowler. He was a Pro Bowler a year ago. So his fifth-year option wouldn't have been as much as $10 million if he didn't make the Pro Bowl. That's what that stuff's good for. So I don't really know about the wiggle room. The wiggle room, unfortunately, is really not there. Do we have time for more? Oh, we got to take one more break. All right, let's take a break. Going to the top of the hour. What we'll do when we kick off hour number two is we'll come back and talk to Adam Hill from the Review Journal. Also, he uh, appears on Cofield and Company on our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas. We'll get his mind and his thoughts as he is in Cleveland right now preparing for that Browns game. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920.